Thank you for tuning into the New Covenant Life Christian Church podcast, where we are loving God and loving his people. It's all about him. Our focus is spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ and advancing his kingdom in the earth. Now, let's join Pastor Pete Pierce for today's life-changing word. Amen, somebody. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. I'm going to be reading from the King James Version. This is our, our foundational text. Again, we're going to cover a lot of the scriptures that we've been dealing with. We've been dealing with faith, the air that we breathe. That was our main topic, but we have so many different subtopics as we kind of break this thing down and do, deal with different scriptures. But our main scripture is coming from Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17. And it says this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, let's say this last part together. The just shall live by faith. Father, we bless you on this morning. We magnify you, God. We see you bigger than any situation, circumstance that we may, we may be dealing with or going through. God, in and of ourselves, we can do absolutely nothing. But with you, as long as we're connected to you, all things are possible. Hallelujah. We thank you now, God, that the miracle of the sower is going to take place in this house today. That we are good ground. And the word that we receive, God, is going to bring forth fruit in our lives, some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold to your glory. Now be with us, Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do. We love you. Can do absolutely nothing without you. It's in the matchless name of your son, Jesus, that we do pray. And all the people of God shouted, amen. amen. You may be seated in the presence of our life-changing king. Amen. Now we're going to move through this stuff through the message this morning um, kind of rather quickly in a sense because there's a part that I want to get to now. I'm, I am looking at my, my, my clock and I did take a little more time than I had anticipated. But I hope you were even still blessed with our precursor. Amen. Because the thing about God is when you're looking for him, you will find him. Amen. So we're going to talk about a couple of scriptures. And if you don't have these written down, please write them down. I've been saying them every week. And it's for you to go back sometimes throughout the week and make sure if you get a chance to listen to the podcast to do that. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing how? By the word of God. Amen. So the more and more you hear it, the more and more you can go back and read and rehearse these scriptures in, in your heart. Amen. They'll become a part of your life. So we talked about in Romans chapter 12, verse number three, it says, for I say through the grace of God given unto you that every man uh, that among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to as God has dealt every man the measure of faith. So every every believer, once you once you become born again, God gives you. The measure of faith. And what we kept saying this week after week and that the measure that he gave us is all the same. So you could be a church baby. Amen. You could be someone who's never been to church. But when you give your life to the Lord, the, the measure that he gives you is the exact same. Then we talked about in Galatians 2 chapter 20. Where it says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So even the life that we live now as a believer, we don't live it on our own. We live in our lives through Christ. Amen. Yeah. 
I'm glad we don't have to do it by ourselves. And then we talked about in Mark chapter 11, verse 22 through 24, going to kind of recap that. Jesus told his disciples to have faith in God. Once again, we want to we want to remind ourselves that we can we can have we can have we can't have faith in other things. Our faith has to be rooted and planted in Jesus and Jesus alone. Amen. Our faith cannot be in our jobs. It can't be in our education. It can't be in our spouse. It has to be in him. Somebody say it has to be in him. And when we do that, he told his disciples, even he gave them an example that, listen, you could speak to a mountain and it would be removed. And whatever things that you desire, when you pray, if you believe and don't doubt, you will have what's and never. Amen. I like that. What's and never you say. Amen. The key is believing and not doubting. The enemy's always trying to come and cause us or try to cause us to doubt. And then we dealt with 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1, I'm sorry, chapter 1, verse 5 through 7. And this is when, when Paul was exalting Timothy, talking about his genuine faith. He said, I know that you, you, you got this faith, your grandmother had it, and your mother had it, and the same faith that was in them is also in you. Amen. And then he encouraged him, he said, stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. Amen. The gift that you received when I laid my hands on you. Stir up the gift. There's a gift that's on the inside of you. I'm talking about you. Amen. Amen. Not the scripture. I'm talking you. That God has given you that we all need. And then we dealt with Proverbs chapter 16, verse 23. It says, the heart of the wise teaches his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. We said when we dealt with this particular topic that we have to train for war in times of peace. So that means we want to build ourselves up even now. We're going to deal with this even later on, dealing with speaking in tongues, speaking, you know, speaking with an unknown tongue. Because the Bible says when you do that, when you speak in tongues, you build yourself up in your most holy faith. Amen. So you, you'll be, you can, there's some times, man, even, even now, man, I can be driving and I'll get an unction. I don't want what to say. I just begin to, to pray in the Holy Spirit. Amen. And when you're doing that, you're building yourself up. So we want to do these things when everything seems to be going fine in our lives. Amen. Not, not always when something is going wrong. Amen. So we build ourselves up. We train in times of peace for times of war. Amen. Amen. So today we're going to be dealing with Hebrews chapter 2, kind of one of our main uh, scripture. And we're going to deal with other things too, other scriptures as we go along this message today. But it's kind of part two of last week. Faith. Um, activates the promises, part two, amen. Hebrews chapter two, verse, I'm sorry, chapter four, verse two. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to read it for you from the King James Version. And it says this, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Because it wasn't mixed with faith, they had no profit. And then we talked about the A, ver A part of verse number three from the Passion Translation. It reads like this. For those of us who believe, faith activates the promise. Somebody say faith, faith. Activates, activates the promise. the promise. And we experience the realm of confident rest. Amen. Faith is what activates the promise. 
started each message off this this way, and I, I love this particular statement. I'm going to keep saying it. it the statement is, is this, that the average human being consumes about 11,000 liters of air a day. But you never even, probably not once throughout the day, unless you have breathing problems, you know you may have to have oxygen or whatever, you never even think about it throughout the day. 11,000 liters of air a day is what we use to, to live. This is only to live. And then we share, like, if you were to stop breathing after the first to the third minute of no breath in your body, not being able to breathe, you begin to lose brain cells. Amen. And then after right, probably about that five-minute mark, some of those brain cells will get to the place that they're not recoverable. So for, for humanity, we have to have air in order to live, right? So in, in the kingdom of God, we have to have faith in order to live. That's the only way that we can function. It, it may sound redundant, but it's, a, it's the re reality of who we are. Because the reality of who you are as a human being, if we were to stop you from breathing, guess what's going to happen? You're going to depart from here. Amen. You'll be dead. Right? So for us as a believer, man, we have to, in order to live, we have to live by faith. We don't want to be zombies walking around in the body of Christ. Amen? No, we want to be alive. But I'm afraid of what happens sometimes. You know, we, we, we do air just like we, we do faith just like humanity does air. You don't think you need it until you don't have it. Right, so we, we take faith at, at, in moments and, and, and cause it to be a life preserver instead of our life. So even with a life preserver, let's kind of use that analogy. For a life preserver, we know what that is, a little round circle thing, you know, you throw in there when somebody's about to drown. So we only need it when you're drowning. The life preserver is always hung up somewhere, you, you know, the, the lifeguard has it or whatever, but when a person begins to drown, they throw out a life preserver, I, I, I'm afraid that sometimes in the body of Christ, we use faith the exact same way. We use it as a life preserver. But if you would only pay attention during the swimming lessons, instead of you drowning when you should be swimming, ain't nobody have to throw you a life preserver when you can swim. Amen. Even when you have turbulent times, you can flip on your back and just kind of float for a little while if you pay attention during your swimming lessons. Amen. So we can't treat faith as just a life preserver because God wants us to swim. He wants us to move throughout life. He said that he, listen, he came that we might have life and have it how? More abundantly. I keep saying this, but what is abundant life? Abundant life is being healthy, is being whole, is being, having a sound mind, being able to sleep at night. It's times when you're going through turbulence, you're going through troubled times, but for some reason God has given you peace on the inside and you will be able to go through these hard times with peace. You're living a life of abundance. Even when everything don't seem to be perfect. Even when your ends are not meeting, you still have abundance. Remember that teeny tiny budget I told you me and Fanny had? Man, we were living like rich people. We were living in abundance because God has given us peace because we were doing what he called us to do. Amen. We wasn't trying to keep up with the Joneses because really, if you would just go really check out the Joneses, that's another story. Amen. We're going to keep going in our message. Praise the Lord. We weren't trying to keep up with nobody. 
we talked about it would be a shame to live this life as a believer in the earth and never live. You would have to die in order to live. No, God, God didn't, he didn't, he didn't want us to do it like that. Amen. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 11, it says this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of the things. It, faith is what your hope is made up of. We talked about the difference between hoping and wishing. Amen. Hope is attached to faith. Wishing is attached to facts or fear. Faith is seeing it and receiving it even when it can't be seen. And last week we brought out in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 20, it says this, The promises of God have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes, and through Christ our amen, which means amen. So all the promises, everything that God has, has provided for you, the answer for those promises are yes and amen. Amen. You remember you just asked your, your, your parents sometimes? Well, we did. <laughs> Hey, mama, can I go get a cookie? Yes. <laughs> amen. So the things that you desire was it, the promises of God are always yes and amen. amen. He's always got something prepared for you. But the only reason, only way you can get those promises is through faith. Amen. Faith activates the promises. What are the promises of God? Good health. Amen. All of your needs being met. Amen. You being a blessing for yourself, you got enough for you and being able to bless others. That's abundant life, too. Amen. See, sometimes we, 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 we get to the place where we think about, you, you know, you have to be a millionaire. I don't know where. Listen, you can be a thousandaire or a dollar heir. If you got enough for you and your family and you're able to be a blessing to somebody else, Guess what? You are balling. Amen. Amen. You're living in abundance. You're living in abundance. Faith is what connects. Is a, faith is our connection to grace. I mean, we understand like grace, man, is this big. It's, grace is the unmerited, undeserved, unearned blessings and favors of, of God. It's also the operational power of God, meaning that it is how he does what he does. Right. And with grace. Man, grace is how he does it, man. You can't explain it. And grace is where everything is that you need. But the only way to tap into the grace is through faith. That's the only way. The only way. So sometimes, you know, you, you'll have people using, using this term incorrectly. It's the grace of God. Was it? Or is it? So you telling me what you're doing, you know, just because he hasn't consumed you is the grace of God. No, that's the mercy of God. There's a difference between grace and mercy. Amen. We understand that they kind of flow and work together. Praise Jesus. Right. All your promises are are held in a place, a reservoir of grace. And the only way to to access those things is through faith. Now, some of the dumb stuff that we do and what protects us from his wrath is mercy. Because the, the, amen, thank God, because the wages of, of sin is, guess, guess what it still is? It's still death. And here's the thing. Now, death sometimes, you know, one of the a definition of death, we always think about, we always think about dying, you know, like our, our death, our physical death. And it is what happens in our physical death, our spirit leaves our body. Amen. 
But, but the reality of spiritual death is separation. See, when, when, what happened to Adam and Eve in the garden is that when, when he said, listen, when you eat, if you eat of this tree, you're going to die. Dying, you shall surely die. What he was telling them, you will be separated from me. You don't want to be separated from me. And because of what happened in the garden, he said, I have to redeem them back. I got to, I got to, listen, I have to, uh, something has to be sacrificed in order for me to get my relationship back. I don't want to be separated from them. Amen? Amen. So somebody say, thank God for Jesus. Amen. Thank God for Jesus. So faith is, is our connection to grace. And what the enemy always tries to do to us, he tries to get us to the place where we're disconnected from grace. One of the ways he, do, he does that is through fear. Fear will cause us to be disconnected to grace. Amen? So let's talk about fear for just a moment. Amen. I'm, man, I got to keep, I'm okay. Right, let's talk about fear for just a moment. Now, there's an acronym that had been used throughout the body of Christ for, for so many years that's dealing with fear. And most of us have heard it. And I, I kind of like it. Amen. Fear is false, as an acronym, false evidence appearing real. Fear. Amen. False evidence appearing real. Fear is false when faith is real evidence. Fear is false, but faith is real. Amen. But here's the thing. All fear is not bad fear. Amen? Amen. Revelation of a difference. There is a difference between a healthy fear and the spirit of fear. Second Timothy verses one and seven says this. God has not given us the spirit of fear, the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Well, Proverbs says this in verse 1, uh, yeah, chapter 1, verse 7. It's kind of ironic, isn't it? Same one, uh, anyway. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despises wisdom and instruction. So he tells Timothy that God has not given you the spirit of fear, but in Proverbs, the writer says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Amen. The New Living Translation says it this way. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Here's the revelation of a difference between the two. One is reverential fear, when the other one is basically like paranoia fear. So the spirit of fear is, spirit of fear is like being paranoid. You know, that's, that's the spirit of fear. You, you know, where the phobias and all that kind of crazy stuff comes in. And that's, that's what the enemy's trying to get to you and me is to cause us to doubt, disconnect us from grace, and give us a spirit of fear where we're worried about everything. No. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but there is a healthy fear. Now, the, spirit of, the, the fear that we're talking about in Proverbs 1 and 7 is reverential fear. Amen? A respectful fear. It's like, you know, when you're raising your children... There's the difference between having a healthy fear and an unhealthy fear with your children. Amen. Right? So I hope all of us experience a healthy fear of our parents. I know I did. Because when you, when you did something and you came home and mama said, 
when your daddy come home. Ooh, that phrase right there. <laughs> that phrase right there would just shake me to my bones, right? Because you know what you did when your daddy get home. I had a fear on the inside of me. Something would raise up. You know, sometimes it caused you to sweat, cause you go to your room and sit there, and sometimes it would just cause you to break down to cry. <laughs> Ain't nobody touching you, just crying, because you had, a, had this reverential fear. Because when daddy got home, I was about to get it. Amen. There's something good. There's something, there's, there's something to a healthy spanking. Amen, somebody. Spare the rod and spoil the child. Revelation of a difference. There's, I knew, I knew that you know when when, when pops came home, man. I, I was okay. I, I was about to get it, right? But it wasn't going to be to the place where I was going to be lame afterwards. See, it's a difference, right? There's a healthy fear, and then there's an unhealthy fear. Now, if your child has an unhealthy fear about you, where it's not out of respect, but it's because of a phobia there or, or bondage, where you're going to man beat them to where it's criminal, that's unhealthy. Amen. That's a different kind of fear. A fear with no respect. Big difference. Or even the way you talk to them. If they have a fear where you, you, know, you put them down all the time. Unhealthy fear. Amen. So there's a revelation of a difference between having a healthy, healthy fear and unhealthy fear. Your faith that you have is your connection to greatness. It seems like y'all paying attention this morning. It's cool. I love it too. So just listen to what I'm saying. Amen. Faith is your connection to greatness. Faith is your connection to wholeness. Faith is your connection to peace. Faith is your connection to being able, like I said earlier, to go through some things, to suffer some things, and, and know that you're going to be okay. Amen. So let me give you a, just a prime example of, of some of that. Sometimes you can have an, an unhealthy fear and faith. I was dealing, we had to deal with an audit in my business on last week. And I got to be honest, man, I was on edge getting prepared for this audit. For one, my business is four hours away and there were some things that I wasn't quite sure of. And here's, here's the thing I kept wrestling with, man. You know, you just got to be real with somebody. Can, do I have any real people in the house? I kept wrestling with my faith and my fear. Right now, a, a, a reverential fear was a, a fear of man. I, I got to make sure everything is right. It's, it's not placed. It's not a fear to where when they come through, man, they're gonna find everything. You, you know, I'm, I'm tripping because I had to wrestle with that in the beginning because I was not necessarily there. But but I would I would I would talk to Fanny. We would talk about it. Everything's gonna be okay. I had a part of my man. You good, man? Don't worry. Just prepare. You're gonna be all right. Then finally, man, God gave me this peace. That you can't explain. But I had it. So even going into it, I knew everything was going to be all right. But I had to do what I had to do. I had to prepare and make sure my people were prepared. But do you see how the enemy will try to get you with that fear? There is a healthy kind of fear. And then there's an unhealthy kind of fear. The kind that makes you do wonder and to doubt. He's trying, the enemy is trying to get you to doubt some things. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11. Let me prove it to you again. Hebrews chapter 11. This is verse 6 and 7. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to read it to you just for the sake of time. Amen. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Impossible. 
Do you get that? So you, in order to live in the kingdom, you got to have faith. In order to please God, you have to have faith. Anybody want to please the Father? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Verse number seven. Now, Hebrews 11, I encourage you to read that whole chapter because, you know, it's, it's, it talks about different people of faith. It's, it's an incredible, uh, incredible chapter that will encourage you in your faith. Verse number seven, it says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet. The Bible says, listen, he moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he commended the world and became heir of righteousness, which was by faith. So Noah had a healthy fear. The fear was reverence. The fear was, I got to do this. Because God had told me to do. He told me to build an ark when it hadn't rained. So his fear was he wanted to please get the Lord. Do you see what I'm saying? So because of that healthy fear, he built an ark. Why? Because he wanted to please the Lord. Amen. Are you getting it? Amen. Here's one thing about faith. It can't be bought. It can't be earned. Amen. So that's that's the dilemma we're going to talk about here in just a second. You know, where, where even in Galatians, Paul was encouraging the, the church of Galatia. And it talks about the works of faith. And we're going to end here in just a few minutes dealing with the works of faith. Paul was telling them, it's, listen, you're not justified by your works being circumcised. That's the thing that's not getting you a right relationship with him. You are only justified by faith. Your faith is what is what connects you to the Lord. Amen. So it can't be bought. It can't be earned. But faith is a currency. Amen. Faith is a currency. So for us, even a currency is a means of exchange. Your money is called currency. You know why it's called currency? Because it flows. It moves. Amen. Faith is the same thing in the kingdom. In order to possess any of the promises, you have to exchange something. And the thing that you exchange, the currency of the kingdom is faith. You can't go get none of your promises based on your good looks. All right. I know you thought you was all that. You, you Listen, you can't go get it because of your pedigree. Your daddy was a preacher. Your daddy's daddy was a preacher. Everybody in your household is saved. And now you're trying to access things of the kingdom. Well, the only way you can do that is first you have to be saved. And then the only way to go get your promises, the only way to pay for it, amen, is but with the currency of faith. The only reason. Somebody say faith. Faith. Is the currency of the kingdom. Amen. It's the currency of the kingdom. It's how you get what you get. Now the Bible says in Ephesians 1 and 3 that God has blessed you past tense with all spiritual blessings where? In heavenly places. That means he has already given you and me everything you need. Past tense It's already laid up. It's already in the warehouse. It's already at the store. It's already at Walmart. The only thing you got to do is walk through the door and give 
him your currency card. Give him your faith card and he'll give you what you need. Amen. See, because you can't walk in Walmart. Amen. You can't walk in Dillard's. You can't walk in nowhere with your good looks. With your pedigree. No, you got to have some money. When you, listen, when you pull up to that, that little register, you better have a debit card or some green or some something. You can't go in there and just say, listen, I'm getting this because I was promised it. Security. <laughs> Security. But when it comes to the things of God, man, all your blessings has already been prepared. They're already ready for you. And the only thing you have to have to get them is faith. And here's the thing, the faith the size of a mustard seed. When you got faith, man, you can get what God has for you. Now, I have an acronym myself for faith. Amen. It's free access into the heavenlies. Faith. Free access into the heavenlies. That's how we get what we get. Amen. Because then don't anybody here want your stuff? Amen. <laughs> anybody want your stuff? Okay, I tell you what, if some of your stuff is some of the stuff that I want and you don't want it, I want your stuff. But some of the stuff that, that you have is something that I don't want, I don't want your stuff. I want you to have your stuff. Amen. Amen. I want you to get your stuff by faith, just like I'm going to get my stuff. How? I'm going to get it by faith. All spiritual blessings come through, through Christ and are received by faith as a result of God's grace. And here's the thing, too. And they are, they are in turn made known to us by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We can't leave him out. When you told me that Dr. Vaughn was teaching the Holy Spirit, it, it, it blessed me because I was dealing with that, too. How faith, you need all the Holy Spirit, the, the Godhead has to be involved. Because we talked about earlier, when you have faith, you have to believe that he is, right? That he is what? You have to believe that he's the triune God. That it all works together. God has prepared the blessings. Amen. But they come through Jesus Christ. But the Holy Spirit is the one that will reveal them. Oh, you don't believe me. First Corinthians chapter two. Don't have to turn there once again, unless you can get there pretty quick. First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine through 14. It comes through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That is what this, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye have seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Verse number 10. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. How did he reveal them? By his spirit, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thought except the man's or the person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. Verse number 12. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit. So we can know the wonderful thing, the things that God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using Spirit's words to explain spiritual truth. But people who aren't spirit, spiritual or people who don't have faith 
can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It sounds, it all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand them. You can't explain things to people of the world because they can't see them through the lens of faith. To keep going, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. The Holy Spirit is your lens to see the things that God has given you. So only through the Holy Spirit can you see his promises. It's only through the Holy Spirit. Amen? And see, they all work together. They work tangible. But you, you have to have faith in order to even access or to even use the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like night vision gargles. Amen? MVGs. I remember we was in the military. Man, the first time I seen night vision gargles, it blew my mind. I was like, wow. Because this is how they work, man. You in total darkness. You can't see nothing. You can't even see the, the, the hand in front of your face. But Elder G, when you put those night vision gargles on, it seems like it illuminates everything. You see the person behind the tree. Matter of fact, you even see the tree. You couldn't, you couldn't see the tree without the gargles. And that's how this thing works. That's how the Holy Spirit works. He's like your night vision gargles. So eyes have not seen, no ears have heard, neither have entered into the heart of men the things that God has revealed for those who love him. But a lot of times in that, in that, you know, in that particular scripture, we stop right there. But God has revealed them to us by his Holy Spirit. When you look through the lens of the Holy Spirit, you'll see exactly what he has for you. He has prosperity for you. He has your healing. But you got to see it through the lens of the Holy Spirit. Man, that's, I'm about to run. Good God Almighty. The Bible said in, in Hebrews chapter 4 and 2 that, that the word that they received, it didn't profit them because it wasn't mixed with faith. And we dealt with that thing dealing with profit, how it works. You know, profit is what's left over. So in your life, you're going to go through some things. But the key about faith is you have to do something. Amen. There is what you call the works of faith. Amen. In James chapter 2, verse 14 through 17, James is dealing with them and is talking about the works of faith. He's saying, listen, you say that you have work, you have faith, and you, but you don't have any works. He said, I'll show you that I have faith by my works. And the revelation of a difference there that we're talking about the works of faith. Only the works of faith is eternal. And this is how it works. Are you listening to me? This is how it works. Man, I feel like I'm in a class room. Y'all are listening to I love it. This is how it works. Your faith produces works. And the faith that you have, you, when, when it, is, it is coupled with your belief, hallelujah, it's going to cause you to do something. That's when you know you have faith about something. You almost, you can't, you can't help but do it. Because it's going to, faith in your belief and your trust in who gave it to you is going to cause you to do. That's why James said, listen, when you see someone who's in need, 
and you walk by them and say, hey, have a good day. They got, they need clothes, they need money, whatever. You just have a, you giving them the, the, you know, the, the religious answer. And you keep walking. He said, when, where's your faith? But when something pricks you on the inside and causes you to help that person, that is the works of faith. Amen. You say God has given you a business and you haven't studied anything about your particular business. You haven't talked to nobody. He just given it what in your mind. Yeah, that's actually where it starts. But it has when, when you when you man, when you the Holy Spirit gets involved in that thing, it's going to cause you to write some things down. It's going to cause you to do your research. It's going to cause you to do something. Amen. I remember when we started our business in Gaston. Amen. God, God had, had given me and my partner at the time the, the business. And I, I told my, my partner, I said, man, I can do it. I, listen, I'll do it because they needed some supplies. I said, what? What? I can do it. So, man, out of faith, man, I went out and got this little bitty loan. One of them little, you know, one of them little, one of them signature loans cost you all kind of interest. It was crazy. Amen. Praise the Lord. But I was moving out of faith. I said, we're going to do this thing. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. So the very first time, check this out. The very first time we got our first contract, I, we had, we had machine. We had these two five-ton press. They were old, built in the night, 19-something. They were old. Had the building all cleaned up. That's another story I can't wait to tell you. But God showed us faith even to get it. But we, we did our works of faith. We got it clean, the whole nine. And General Dynamics came down. We had machines that wasn't even hooked up. <laughs> Didn't even have power to them. And we tell them what we can do. Yeah, we can do this and we can do that. We can do, yeah, uh-huh. We left there with the contract, man. And the rest is history. 2004, when was it? 2004. Works of faith. Amen, because your faith will cause you to do something. Can I get my musicians to play softly? Then I'm going to bring it to help me bring it to a close. Amen, because we're running out of time. Real quick, man, I saw a movie. I saw a movie, and this, I said, Lord, thank you, because it's, it, it's nothing but a, an example for you and for me. I saw a movie. It was called Greater. Has anyone seen that movie, Greater? No. Oh, oh good. Well, dog, I'm going to tell you the whole story. That's all right. Go watch it. It's pretty cool. It's a blessing. The movie is called Greater. You can get it on Netflix. And I, got, I think it came out, you know, actually some years ago, but they're now just playing it. Greater is about a gentleman. His name is Brandon Bullsworth. Brandon Bullsworth. So let me tell you about this, this, this young man, a football player. True story. Football player. It was told back in it's 1994. In 1994, he was told that he would never, ever play D1 football because he was, he was chubby. He was big, big dude, you know, loved to eat. So the story, man, it, it talks about him wanting to play football. He wanted to play football. One day he was sitting there in the movie. He's sitting there, and he, uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks was playing on, on the television, and his mother was there. His brother came over, and, he, and you know, his, he, his brother would kind of get on him. Brother much older. Most people thought that the, 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 the brother was his son. He was 17 years older than his little brother. We're talking about the little brother. Little brother said to, to mom and um and uh his brother, he said, you know, he said, I'm gonna play for the, I'm gonna play for uh the Arkansas Razorbacks one day. His brother looked at him like, what? The only thing you do is eat chips and stuff. And he's he's kind of getting on his mama about why you just feed him chips and stuff. He, you see how big he's getting? He's I'm gonna play for the Arkansas Razorbacks. And you know his mama said, Yeah, baby, you're gonna play for the Razorbacks. Just have faith. You'll do it. 
So he goes on the peewee team, and man, he was terrible. He was terrible. The coach was, you know, like discouraging him, and somehow, man, the high school football coach came over and just encouraged him. He said, yeah, you, you just, just keep doing, working hard. And he said, let me tell you, he said, this is what the coach told him, the high school coach told this young man. He said, let me tell you how you get to play for the high school team. You got to be the first one here and the last one to leave. He said, yes, sir. And guess what the young man started doing? He started being the first one there and the last one to leave. So next thing you know, he ends up playing for the high school team. And he kept doing the exact same thing. He was the first one there. He's the last one to leave. The coach said, did you take that literally? He said, yes, coach, I took it literally. He said, you told me this is what I need to do to play. So this is, this is a guy with no talent, no skills, just big. So he gets a visit to Arkansas. He's going to come into his senior year, and he got to the place where he started playing kind of good, you know, pretty decent. He got two offers to play football. They were D2 schools. One was Arkansas Tech. Man, he got the letter. His family was all excited. He rips up the letter. He said, I said I'm going to Arkansas. He told his mom, I'm going to go. And his mother was saying, yes, you can go to Arkansas. You can do it. He rips it up. He is non-athletic. At the time, he's overweight. He gets a visit and goes to Arkansas. I'm trying to wrap it up, man. When we end, y'all got to be, be real kind of move expeditions here, man, because we want to be obedient to the theater. So, But I got to tell you this story because it blessed me. So he gets to the place, man, where his high school coach got him a visit to Arkansas. So he goes to Arkansas to see the school, like, you know, like you would for going for a scholarship or whatever. Well, the coach told him you would never play for this team. He said, listen, first of all, you're too small. He was already overweight. So the coach said you need to be at least, you know, you got to add some weight to you, 300 pounds. So this boy goes back and, man, next thing you know, He's 300 pounds because the coach said, I tell you what, I'll let you come in on, on, on a walk-in, but you got to pay your own way. His mother mortgages the house because she had faith also. His mother, his mother mortgages the house and said, baby, you got one year. You can go to Arkansas. You can go. And so he went there as a walk-on. He was 310 pounds. He did what they told him to do, but when he got there, they said it's too much. Like, you just, it ain't nothing but fat. You, they were talking about him and, and whatever. Then one coach, man, I guess his, his, his effort just pricked his heart. He said, let me tell you how you're going to do this thing. This is how you got the first one to leave last. Long story short, man, this guy loses the weight. Becoming, he, he played offensive line. He became an incredible offensive lineman. Before the first year was over, they offered him a full ride. They offered him a full ride. So he got the scholarship. Why? God showed him something. He was a believer too. In the movie, I love it. They showed him when he got baptized, man. And he loved the Lord. He always read scripture. He always did what he was supposed to do. He loved Jesus. And God told him what he was going to do. And he said, listen, whatever I need to do, somebody's going to tell me how to do it. They told him what to do, and he did it. He did it, so he lost the weight. Man, they were, they were teasing him even when he got to the, to the university at first until they saw his work ethic. So now they put him on scholarship. Fast forward to his, his senior year. His senior year, he becomes an All-American. An All-American. He asked his coach, even going through, can I, do you think I can make it to the NFL? He says, look, I don't know. He's I got all the All-Americans, you know, that only a small percentage makes it to the NFL. 
But this guy, man, his works of his his works of faith was so incredible. He was infectious. The people around him, man, were just becoming encouraged because of his work ethic and long listen he becomes an all-american got a full ride now all of the people who used to laugh at him are now admiring him so he when it's all said and done the the indianapolis colts draft him in the third round he gets drafted into the nfl we're talking about a, a little fat boy who they told him to have no no skills he was he was slow nothing but he, he saw something. He said, God, I'm going to do that. And then people around him, his mother was encouraging him. He said, you can do it by faith. So here's the story. He gets drafted, goes to the first mini camp. Y'all go ahead and prepare your offering. Amen. Because we're going to get y'all out of here when we get out. And just go and get ready. He, he makes it to the first mini camp. And now you know most of the time rookies don't start. So the offensive line coach told him, he said, listen, you probably, when you come back from this minicamp, be prepared to be a starter. It's like, what? So he goes home excited, telling his family about what's going to happen. So on his way to pick up his mother to take her to church. He's on his way to pick up his mother to take, up, take, take him to church. He gets involved in an accident and loses his life. Loses his life. Never had a day, never had a chance to play a day in the NFL. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 13, it talks about of those who obtain the promise by faith that actually never obtained them. So people in his family around him, they were confused. Like, God, why would you do this? He did everything you asked him to do. But when you work the works of faith. They will outlast you. They will outlive you. Everybody around him was, man, they had been motivated because of his works of faith. When people see you working the works of faith, it's not only going to benefit you. Believe me, he got his crown. He got everything that the Lord told him he would get. He got it. But on the way. Because of the works of faith, it wasn't the works of flesh. The work to this day, they have, they have the Brandon Burrow College Award for the most outstanding college athlete that walks onto a football field. So his works of faith are living far beyond. Far beyond. And in the movie, it blessed me, man. It talked about how he became infectious to his, his teammates around him. He never compromised the gospel of Jesus Christ. And because of him, they be, begin to have football Bible studies. Amen. Man, listen, when you work the works of faith, don't you worry about the naysayers. If God told you you're supposed to do it, just work it. Do it. But see, listen, you got to do it. Sometimes you got you to gotta get up early and you're going to go to bed late. But when you're doing it through the Spirit, 
It's going to be something that will last forever. It will outlast you. So that's why Hebrews chapter 11, we read about the, you know, they, they call it, what do they call it? The, 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 the faith chapter where all of the heroes of faith were still reading about what they did. We want to talk about what you did. Your works of faith. You can do it by faith. Bow your heads. Good God Almighty, I'm out of time. Bow your heads. Father, we thank you. We bless you today. God, that you, you, every, every, every week you're showing us and teaching us about the works of faith. How to live this life by faith. It's the only way we can live it is by faith. In our own human effort, God, we can do absolutely nothing. But with you, all things are possible. What do you believe in God for this morning? Hallelujah. That's cool. Let, let that play right there. What do you believe in God for? The promises are yes and amen. It's already laid up for you. For you, your children's children, and your children's children. For generations. We'll talk about you because of your faith. Now bless you today, God. We give you glory. We give you honor. And we give you praises. In your son Jesus' name that we all did pray. And all the people of God shouted. God bless you. Listen, if you're here today. Thank you for spending time listening to the Word of God. We pray that today's message has fallen on good ground and will produce a 30, 60, or even 100-fold harvest in your life. Don't forget to join us next week. Be sure to subscribe to the New Covenant Christian Church podcast and click share to share with friends and family because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God bless you and have a safe and prosperous week.